You're listening to a Cripple and Co. production. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by clonawilly.com. Clonawilly and Clonapussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. All materials are ethically sourced and 100% body safe. If you shop at clonawilly.com right now and use the promo code DARKPOD at checkout, you can get 20% off site-wide. Wow! That's a deal that cannot be cloned. I talked to one of the representatives the other day, and they are more than willing to answer any questions you have about how to make your own clone of willy or clone of pussy, how to use the kit. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willy or cloning a pussy with you. And they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns. So if you want to pick up your own clone of willy or clone of pussy kit right now, head over to cloneawilly.com and use promo code DARKPOD. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout right now. And remember... This is a deal that cannot be cloned. Hey, Andrew, how are you? Hey, Kristen. I'm okay, but if I'm really honest, I haven't been doing super great lately. I'm kind of super really down. Oh no, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, you and I talk all the time. We talk every day. And you know I've been thinking about going to therapy, but I've been to mm-hmm. therapists before and I'm afraid that a therapist wouldn't understand all my disability stuff. And you know how much I love talking about disability, right? Yeah, I hear you have like a whole podcast about it. Right? I mean, yeah. I talk about it all the time, everywhere. And I'm just yeah. worried that I don't want to explain to a therapist like, what is ableism? What is disability? Like, I don't want to do that before we get into my stuff, you know? Yeah, that's fair. You shouldn't have to like fully educate a therapist before starting a therapeutic process. And I think that's really hard because honestly, you deserve support from someone who gets it. You get it. You're my best, you, like, you're my best friend. You get it. What do you think I should do? I mean, I think you should find a disability informed support person to help you work through this. If anyone listening to this is interested, I'm actually offering disability informed support for $40 per session. Whoa, whoa, $40 a session? That's super cheap. The last time I checked, one session was like over a hundred bucks, but we can still talk about disability stuff, right? Oh, absolutely. Like everything from like physical changes in your body to ableism and exploring internalized ableism, grief that comes with disability, chronic pain, all that good, terrible stuff that so many of us live it's so fun isn't it it's like so great and i i know you also do you also offer support for non-disabled people too right yeah i do support for able-bodied and non-disabled people as well because really i mean everyone gets sick or experiences illness or vulnerability at some time in their life and while 
that's a different experience than living with chronic disability. I think it's all very related. And if you're going through any sort of life change where you're having grief related to bodily change or body difference, I'm more than happy to support you with that as well. I think everybody deserves and needs affordable support. I think that it's such a great thing you're offering and I want to make sure that all the lovely listeners of Disability After Dark can reach you. How do they do that? Okay, well, right now they can reach me by email. It's Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N dot Williams, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S one zero at gmail.com. And you can email me there to ask me questions or uh, let me know if you'd like more information or you can go straight to booking a support session with me. Awesome. Well, I, I can't I can't speak any more highly of this amazing thing. I'm so excited that there's finally disability-centered support for stuff like ableism and for stuff like internalized ableism and all the stuff that we go through that we never get to talk about. And thank you so much for offering it and for putting yourself out there, Kristen. Aw, thanks, Andrew. I hope you feel better soon. Me too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. And thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I'm, of course, your deliciously disabled host, Andrew Gerza. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get today started, shall we? Friends, I just want to give you a little personal update on Andrew Gerza and how Andrew Gerza is doing right now. I am going through it, friends, with a lot of internalized ableism feelings around my body, around what I can't do, around having disability grief around certain things. I'm really feeling the feelings. And I just want to voice that it's sometimes really hard to be chronically ill and disabled and in a body where you can't really do a lot for yourself. I have been up late at night upset that I can't go get a snack, that I can't get up at 1am and walk around if I wanted to, that I can't do such mundane things and it's just been hitting me differently recently and I wanted to just talk about it because it's bugging me that I can't walk sometimes and I, I am very proudly disabled but lately, it just, all the things that I can't do have been really fucking pissing me off. And I just wanted to voice that to you and share that with you. And know that if you're going through some of the same feelings of disability grief, I got you. I'm going through that right now myself. And I, I commend you for doing your best. And I hope that you're talking about disability grief with someone or you have someone to talk about that with. Um... Because it can be really hard when you realize there are things in your life that you'll never be able to do. And it just, lately it's been 
and I like I am really good. Well, maybe maybe it's not a good thing, but I am I am comfortable talking about it when it's necessary and not talking about it when it's not necessary. But lately, that's all I really wanted to talk about is disability grief and how I feel about that. And I just wanted to take a few minutes to just share with you today how I, I just it it really sucks that I can't do jumping jacks. It really sucks that I can't get fucked against the wall by a bunch of hot guys. It really sucks that there are so many things that I can't do that I wish I could do. And it just, I just wanted to voice that today. I don't really have any other place to go with that except I wanted to bring that to you because I'm definitely feeling myself in some disability grief right now. And I thought, what a better place to share it than right here. And if you're feeling disability grief, I would love to talk to you about it on any social platform, uh, on here if you want to. Let's figure it out. But I think it's something we need to talk more about, and that's why I brought it up today. But now, let's get on to the show today. And before we get into the meat of the show today, just a brief reminder, if you want to support the show in any way, you can, of course, support us monetarily if you're able, and and. You can pledge as little as $1 a month or up to $5 a month or more or even a yearly amount if that's something that works better for you um, because I want to make the show as accessible as possible. And for your pledge, you'll get the show, the main Saturday show, because I know sometimes I throw in a bonus episode here and there. Um, you'll get the main Saturday show. <laughs> I forgot my train of thought. You will get the main Saturday show one day early on Friday, completely ad-free, and you'll get a sexy, awkward, more awkward than sexy, honestly, you'll get an awkward shout-out from me, and thanks for being a Patreon peep. If you want to do that, you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark. The other way that I would love your support is if you went wherever you're listening right now, and you left us a five-star review as to why the show is important to you, why you listen, why you like it. You can even you can even tell me, maybe not in a review, but email me and be like, yo, we, you should do this. This will make the show better. I want to make the show for you. And I make the show in my bedroom, by myself, with no team, just me. So I take all the feedback, and I try to make the best show possible. So I'd love to hear from you. You can email us at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com, and we will, we being me, will um, try to make the show better for you. But yeah, leave us a review or donate if you can. But now, really, truly this time, let's get to the show. I recorded this episode with my friend and fellow chronically ill podcaster, Lauren Friedman of the Uninvisible podcast, back in February of 2022. And from the minute we started talking, we were immediately like best friends. And I was like, this person's really cool, and I want to talk to this person. And I did a guest spot, which I believe is coming out um, after this, or it might already be out by the time you hear this, uh, on her show, The Uninvisible Pod, and we just clicked so well, I was like, I want to be her friend, and I want to have her on the show, so we spend the next hour and a half talking about disability in the wellness space, talking about what it's like to be a disabled creator, trying to make content, we talk about... Um, oh, so many different things around disability, the nuance between being disabled and being chronically ill, 
because Lauren identifies as chronically ill and what that means for her. And it was such an interesting and funny and raw conversation, and I'm really excited to bring it to you. And she is an award-winning podcaster and someone that you should listen to because she's just really funny and really wry and really just... She was the perfect guest. I was so happy to have her on and to share just time with her that the hour and a half felt like five minutes. And I know because I just listened back to it and I was like, wow, that ended quickly. It was really, really fun and really, really important. And we talk about a lot of things around disability and chronic chronic illness and, and, and how we feel about that and just so many different things. And I loved having a chat with her about all of that. Um, one of my favorite parts of the chat was the number of tangents that we went on when we were supposed to be talking about serious disability related things we went on like 75 million tangents but i really really appreciate it. we also talk a lot about uh rest as a right um body energy so many different things here we chat about and i'm rambling on now but it was a really great interview and i'm excited to bring it to you here's my interview with the host of the uninvisible podcast my new friend Lauren Friedman, right here on Disability After Dark. Lauren Friedman, hello! Hello, lovely Andrew. It's such a delight to be chatting with you today as always. I mean, it doesn't even feel like we're really starting the chat because we've been on the we've been on the Zoom for like 45 minutes. But this is how there. we are. Yeah. This is what we do. We, you know, by the time this comes out, the I was on your show recently too, so mm-hmm. it's, you're already loving this dynamic. Thirty seconds in, there's <laughs> there's more of it coming on your show. Um, That's a hundred percent true. Yeah, I can amazing. verify this is this is verified information. It, it really is. Uh, so <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here, just because we've been getting to know each other since we recorded your show, and it's been such yeah. a pleasure. So I was immediately like, come on my podcast and let's do a show for show like sloppity, yep. and here we are. And so. I just loved talking to you so much about my experience of being disabled and I, I'm so excited to learn your experience of being chronically ill. Yeah. Um, can you introduce yourself to the Disability After Dark audience listening today? Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I love the show. I love the audience. Like this is the best day ever. Um, and I always love chatting with you. So um, my name's Lauren Friedman. Um, I am the host and creator of Uninvisible Pod, which is kind of a podcast that is in the same family as Disability After Dark, um, in that we're talking about um, what it's like to live with invisible chronic illness and disability. Um, so there's quite a bit of overlap and um, also addressing issues of identity and how that plays into our experience in the medical system and what it's like to be a patient, but also sometimes what it's like to be a provider to people who are living with chronic illness and disability and how we can all increase our sensitivity and awareness and love of one another through compassion and empathy. I think those are such important things to put in the podcast space because we're not talking about patient advocacy enough. We're not talking about chronic illness enough. We're not talking about disability enough in any of these spaces. So the fact that you did this um, and, and started this show, and I, and I remember when you reached out to me, we, we've been planning this for a while, for like a good six, seven months, both of yeah. us, and because we're both disabled and chronically ill. So like, yeah. it took some time to get things rolling, but yeah. I'm so glad that it's finally happening. Oh my gosh, me too. I think one of the things that you and I related to each other 
with over immediately was this use of energy when you're living in a body that makes the rules for you, you know, um, and in a culture that tells you that you make the rules, um, <laughs> you know, that like, or they're not even, you make the rules that capitalism makes the rules and you have to follow you. them. That yeah. is correct. That's what it is. Actually. It's capitalism. Um, fuck capitalism. And, um, that also we spend a lot of our lives being living in forced poverty because of disability, um, or, you know, having experiences, especially within the medical system where we are gaslighted beyond belief. Um, so this lack of trust in the world around us, let alone our own bodies, um, coupled with the fact that like our energy is limited and there's only so much that we can do each day. Um, and like the awareness of that and both of us being very clear about communicating that, which is something that I hope to impart to listeners as well, that like, you know, if you're also living with limited energy, like tell people and just be like, this is, I can accomplish so much in a day and I have priorities and like, your email is not always my priority. And it's not that I like, I do this with the show all the time. And I told you when we recorded yours, I have episodes of my show that I recorded back in 2021, the beginning of 2021 that that are sitting in my like release box being like I haven't looked at those and recorded them I really got to brush them off and put them in there and it's not that I don't appreciate the guest time mm. or appreciate what they put at the table it's like I can only do so much in a day yep. and like people forget that when you do content creation like we do I don't know about you but I don't have a team behind me it's me nope. it's just my us. like we're just we're the ones doing it to claw our way out of poverty in a lot of cases so yeah. like so and like, that does that doesn't necessarily happen when you're creating content either like that's yeah no no you often go more into poverty to <laughs> to to get the equipment to make the show to get out of to, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle so yeah. if either of you are listening to our shows being like and or have been on our shows and been like why the fuck is my episode not out yet that's why that's, <laughs> that's why, why right there yeah and also because it costs us money and energy like all of this is about expense to me you know like this is it's passion project for both of us like this is something that like gives us purpose and you know has given us space to step into as ourselves which is incredible and like we're so grateful to have the communities that have showed up for us in response but equally you know it is time and it is money and um I have so many people who come to me and are like oh I'm thinking of starting a podcast like it's some easy thing first of all it's not easy it takes a lot of time and skill and second good luck making money on it because podcasts don't really make you don't really make you really don't and like unless you have a team of people Mm -hmm. that are spending years with you researching something and you have all the money and grants like that and that requires grants usually you know and even with a team it's like you got to pay the team and so for people who are like you and I and it's just us it's like this is this is what you get. It's kind of like a face value. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're going to get what you get, what you get it. And we're going to try to do our best. Like, like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't do, I don't do on my Patreon. Mm-hmm. I don't do like Patreon exclusive. Cause I think about the listener and I'm like, they don't have money to give my Patreon. Yeah. I'll do bonus episodes when I want to, but I'll put them on the main feed because I don't want to deprive somebody of the content and I don't want to make yeah. them give me a dollar just to hear me be a goof for an hour. Like it doesn't make, <laughs> like, I'd rather let you hear me be a goof for an hour and be like, maybe I'll give him a dollar if I can, because I want to support that. 
Yeah. Like as opposed and, to. And also that made my day better. Oh, well, thank you. Good. Good. Yeah. But you Good. know what I mean? Like it's that thing. It's like, we're creating content because like we want to support the community because the community supports us back. It's this lovely symbiosis. Yeah. But equally like, yeah, there are some episodes that like, there's going to be a little bit of a weight on release because we're trying to curate the way that we're releasing things. And, um, yeah. And, and there may even be some episodes that don't make it to air. And I hate to say that, but you know, sometimes yeah, that's the reality of it. Sometimes it's like, Oh, we did this two years ago. That's not relevant anymore, but yeah. we either have to let it go or try to re or try to re-record like yeah i've gotten into this habit of now just saying oh we recorded this back uh i don't know here it is yeah Hope you enjoy it best of luck bye yeah absolutely and excuse me especially with like stuff around covid i feel like you know i try to avoid talking directly about it even though i'm doing it right now <laughs> you're welcome yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um like i so i i've made a conscious effort to not like put questions in the show about living through a pandemic, you know, and things like that, because there's enough of that circulating around. Um, and I don't, I think it drags our community down a lot because we're the ones who are forgotten in these conversations. Yeah. See, but, I, do, I do the exact opposite of you. I, like, well, not, well, yeah, you, you know, talk it about is. it. I talk directly. I'm like, Hey, I have a series called, you know, quarantine and chill where I bring someone on and yeah. all we talk about for the whole hour is the experience of the pandemic. But I think that's equally important. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I just, for me, I had to emotionally like separate a little bit from it and not bring it into my work, but it still comes in because when I ask certain questions, there's always the caveat of like, well, and this is happening during a pandemic, but sometimes I have to like put a note before the show. That's like, by the way, this was recorded, you know, a year ago before we had vaccines or whatever it is, yeah. you know, um, which can always affect what you're listening to over time. But a lot of the, yeah. a lot of the episodes also like are timeless. And so that's important to understand too, that like the gripes that we have about living in this culture are true, whether or not we're living through a pandemic yeah. and we love to gripe. <laughs> oh, don't we ever. We're gonna, and we're going to get to it because I have feelings, but oh, yes, let's, let's like jump in. I want to jump into the first question, which is, um, can you tell me a little bit about your chronic illnesses and how they play a role in your day-to-day life? Yeah. And thanks for saying chronic illnesses too. Cause like, this is a distinction that, and a nuance that I'm sure we'll get into. Oh, we're going to, it's going to, it's happening. Don't worry. We're good. Yeah. There's a whole, there's a whole question. The next question is all about that. Yep. That's right. I, I remember reading that. So, um, yes, uh, I, I love talking about that distinction because it's such a personal choice. Sometimes how we decide to see ourselves and label ourselves if we choose to do so. Yeah. Um, and I do not consider myself disabled. I consider myself to be someone who is living with chronic illness and invisible chronic illness at that, which makes it even more fun to explain to people. Oh yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it though? Yep. Um, because people look at me and they go, Oh, well, you're fine. And I'm like, okay, fuck you. Um, so, <laughs> so I, um, first of all, I've had depression and anxiety, which I count under the umbrella of invisible chronic illnesses since I was high a five. Me too. high five. Yeah. So many got big it. high fives on yeah. that. Yeah. Got the it. Mental health aspect of this is huge. And such a big part of the conversations that I have, because so few of us, when we are diagnosed with long-term physical conditions are ever offered mental health support. Yeah. Like 100%. what the like, fuck medical system, yeah, mind like, body on. connections real. So, and when we are offered mental health support, we're gaslit, you know, it's like, oh, well maybe you need to see a psychiatrist. Cause maybe it's all in your head there, you know? And like, 
that's not true, but that did happen to me. Or we're like financially, we're financially excluded because they're like, cool, you can go see a therapist. P.S. The wait line, the wait is about seven months, maybe if you're lucky. And the cost for one session is like 200 bucks. You good with that? And it's like, well, no, no, (laughs) no, 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 I'm not. Thank you. Um, So teenager, um, uh, depression and anxiety. And I also um, went through a period where I was diagnosed with and sort of moved through obsessive compulsive disorder. And I mean, actual obsessive compulsive disorder and not like, oh my God, I need things to be organized. It's my OCD, which like bothers me to no end when people talk about that shit. Um, because it is an erasure of the actual diagnosis, you know? Um, but it was my response to nine 11. I'm a New Yorker. And, uh, I, that one hit me hard. So, um, moved through that and then was good for about like 15 years and cool, 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 cool. Um, and probably abused my body a little bit during that time, which may have been a precipitating factor in later being diagnosed, but I was then diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune disease of the thyroid that causes hypothyroidism or an underactive thyroid. Um, and it can lead to things like joint pain, weight gain, um, brain fog, major fatigue. Um, so I was in functional exhaustion mode, like trying to tread water and I couldn't get anywhere. Um, and that came along with a diagnosis of, uh, obstructive sleep apnea. So I sleep with a CPAP, which is super sexy when you're doing Oh, yay. It's it's like Darth Vader. (laughs) It's a hundred percent like Darth Vader. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's sort of it. I mean, I also am dealing with some like adrenal issues, HPA axis dysfunction for people who are like excited about those kinds of terms in the wellness space. Um, but, <laughs> and we all have feelings about the wellness space. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Big feelings. Um, the whiteness but, yeah. of the wellness space. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's real gross. Um, so I'm dealing with that. And like a big part of healing for me has been, um, seeking functional and integrative medicine approaches. Um, because just like the doctors who threw pills at me weren't fixing me. Um, and so it's been like changing my lifestyle and changing the way I live and respecting my body's rhythms. And, oh, oh, I forgot one other sleep disorder I was diagnosed with. (laughs) It was easy to forget. Idiopathic hypersomnia, which is basically a medical term for you're sleepy and we don't know why, which is cool. Yes. So, um, it's hard because my energy in some ways is predictable, but in other ways it totally isn't because I could just get tired and be like, I'm done or brain tired and be like, I'm done. Um, and when that happens, I have to just stop. So I have to learn to, I had to, I wasn't in my body for a lot of years and I had to come back into it and learn to be in it and live in harmony with it in a way that I was never taught to because of this gross patriarchal capitalist system that we live in. And I think being in your body, and I'm going to switch out the questions because I think one of the questions I have fits better with this line of talking. Yeah. So, um, you know, coming into your body and being in your body as a disabled person or a chronically ill person in your case, um, can you can dredge up a lot of feelings of, of grief I call it disability grief because 
you're learning to navigate your body doing things you don't want your body necessarily to do that's really impeding your socialization your sense of happiness your sense of self with all those things that you're dealing with the hyper what is it hypersomnia uh idiopathic hypersomnia yeah and i'm never gonna pronounce the other one correctly (laughs) hashimoto's hashimoto's disease hashimoto's and the hypersomnia um do you experience grief with all of that? hundred percent. And I'm really glad that you asked about that because I agree that this is not something that is talked about in a lot of discussions about disability and chronic illness. Probably, we don't ever talk about it because- Well, you and why. I do. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's apparently our jam. It's what we do. It's hundred like, percent our jam, yeah. We don't talk about it in these spaces because in the disability wellness space, mm, in the yeah, disability yeah. rehab wellness space, we're supposed to- rise above we're supposed to find a solution we're supposed, oh, you're to, supposed to pull yourself up by your bootstraps boo yeah it's, you're supposed Blech. to do you're supposed <laughs> to be like an 1800 century an 18th century like capitalist idea or 19th century capitalist idea of like what being okay is which means yeah you swallow down pull up your bootstraps and you go to work and like we know that's not realistic and that's why we don't talk about it because we're still living in a capitalist society but like mm. what is I guess for you would be chronic illness grief. What does that look like mm-hmm. for you? Um, I mean, I just call it grief. Like, it, honestly, I, I think any change in your body, any change in your life that might cause a, a crisis of identity in some way can lead to grief. And for me, my identity was totally tied up in the fact that I had a fully functioning body. And then I suddenly didn't, it was like the rug had been pulled out from under me. And I went from, you know, pushing through, we talk a lot about pushing through, yeah. um, especially when you are in the, the phases of change, right? Like before your body crashes, you start burning out slowly. Right. And like, now we call that adrenal fatigue and burnout and shit, but like, that was for sure happening to me. And it was being driven largely by a lack of boundaries in my relationships and in my work life and not finding balance, you know? So in a lot of ways, and I hate to say this because it sounds like a platitude, but in a lot of ways, my body got sick so that I could learn to live in a more sustainable way. And for that, I'm grateful. Your body got sick so you could learn rest. Yeah. And and I hate to say I'm grateful too, because it's like, you know, like it's sort of, it sounds like wellness BS, you know? Um, well, also because if you are kind of in the liminal space of being able-bodied and then going and then kind of moving into illness, if you take a break or rest, you're seen as what? Lazy. And how dare I, how dare I as a woman in the world too, like we're not even allowed to rest when we're bleeding, you know? Um, <laughs> it's fucking true. Wow. Uh, yeah. And am, I, who, am I wrong? Where's the lie? No. And anybody who has periods would agree. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, so like I, there was a lot of grieving that happened for me. And I think in a lot of ways, I'm still going through it. It's deeply connected to trauma and losing trust in my body's systems and its ability to function as I had known it. And I, I still catch myself in moments from time to time now where I'm like, I'm worried about doing X, Y, Z because I'm nervous that my body could just conk out on me. And she might, 
she might, but like, I've had to learn to embrace that as like, when she does, it's cause she's telling me something, you know, yeah. it's not a punishment when my body needs rest. It's, it's just a signal that I need to learn to listen to. And I need to lean into it, you know, pull a, a, a Cheryl Sandberg and lean into that shit. And I, I think, yeah, I've had a lot of conversations. Thank goodness because of my own podcast, right. That like have enabled me to learn to process this stuff in a healthy way. And I have a therapist, which is a big part of that too. You know, is your therapist currently ill? Um, do you know, I don't know. We've never talked about whether or not she is, but I know that one of her specialties is in dealing with patients who have chronic illness. And she's been oh, very nice. good. She's been very empathetic. Um, when I've spoken to her and like called her on certain calls we have, where I, I talk to her and I'm like, I'm just having a tough time right now because my body's not doing what I need it to do. And I, it's a lesson that I'm constantly learning over and over and over again. Um, and it blows, but it's also like rest is really important. And we live in a culture. Rest is not a privilege. Rest is a right. It's it's an absolute human right. And we're taught in our chronically ill and disabled bodies that we don't have the right to that. And if, you know, it's funny, if an an able-bodied person, and I put this on Twitter the other day, I said, you know, if an able-bodied person rests, it's self-care. If I do the same thing, I'm a flake or I'm lazy or I'm unreliable or I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough or I didn't deliver or I blah, 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 blah. But like, but like if an able-bodied person did the same thing and took five days off and said, oh, I took a mental health day, nobody would bat an eye. Yeah. Well, and 20 years ago, you couldn't have told people that you did that either, you know? So like that's already shifted, which is a positive thing in some ways, right? Like that perception. And I agree with you. And I think the big difference in those two experiences for me is about the support system. Yeah. It's about whether you're able to get the right kind of mental health support to learn about your own sovereignty, right? To use another wellness term. Excuse me, I'm getting burpy, which is really fun during this interview. Oh, so hot. Morning smoothies coming back up. Um, (laughs) She was full of carrots and cinnamon. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think that part of the reason that I have had uh, a decent enough experience to like feel whole at the moment, part of it is because I love saying fuck you to the powers that be, you know, like fuck you, I'm a whole person. Um, so that kind of feels empowering. You know, we used to be a sex podcast. So I feel the need to bring it. I feel the need to do this. Yeah. I am a whole person, but I spell whole H-O-L-E because I like holes. <laughs> Why can't I be a whole person with plenty of holes? I mean, you could be. I give it to you. <laughs> Do it the way you like. But as as a, as a queer person who like likes holes, I was like, this this is too funny for me not to put it here right now. Well, you are you are a whole person. That's true. <laughs> and I do. I'm a whole person with holes who likes yeah. holes. Who like well, like, yeah. look, it's a win win. <laughs> win win. Um. So part of it has been this journey of me becoming empowered and saying, fuck you to the patriarchy and fuck you to capitalism and fuck you to the 1%. Right. So like, that's been one part of it because I love that form of activism. Um, and the other is that the people who I have kept around me are people who 
I figured out within a few months of being diagnosed with the, the chronic illnesses that really affected me physically, there are people who I reached out to pretty soon after and was like, this is what's going on with me. This is what I need from you. So I learned to communicate effectively early on. Um, and I think part of that is because I have a support network of friends and family who make me feel comfortable enough that I can ask for the things I need. And that's a note for people who are listening in who might have friends who are disabled or chronically ill that like, sometimes we're also still learning how to communicate, but the best thing you can do is show up when we need you. Yeah. And let, and make space for us to have hard days, make mm-hmm. space for us to be human, to talk about uncomfortable things, make space for us to, to bitch and cry to you because yeah. we need to. And, and I, I found with my depression and anxiety, I think I've never considered it a chronic illness before. You said that now, now that you said that I can't stop thinking about how it is. Um, yeah, do you feel excited about that? That you just got I, some more chronic. I sort of do. I'm like, wow, I got more. Cool, but like, <laughs> but like, you know, I have thought about it. I am on antidepressants for IBS and for that fun times. Because um, it's chronic. It's it's a long, long lasting diagnosis. <laughs> it's so fun. But yeah. like, what was my question? I was like, you know, I think that a lot of people when we say with anxiety and depression, when we say we're depressed, people go, oh, you'll bounce back. And we like the other day, I kind of went through like a three day this weekend. I kind of went through like a three day bout of mm, a mini depression episode. Mm. where I was like, I don't really want to talk to anybody. I'm kind of down. I could feel it in my body. I could feel the lowness there. And I was like, I was telling people I need time away. And they're like, oh no, come on, try this. And I was like, no, I'm telling you, I need to be alone for like 24 hours with myself to yeah. figure out how I'm feeling and I'll get back to you. I love you, but like, please don't push me. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to voice that I have yeah. depression and I need you to respect that. And that, that I think is a really hard thing for people to get. Yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think people, first of all, they want to make their, ex, your experience relatable to their own because yeah. we all see things through the lens of our own experience. Our lens. Right. Yeah. So if someone says to you, I'm feeling kind of depressed immediately, most people are going to be like, oh yeah, I get it. You know, or like, oh yeah, I've been sad too. My favorite is when I tell people that I'm tired and they're like, yeah, I didn't get a good night's sleep. And I'm like, fuck you. I never get a good night's sleep. Yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. It's not what I'm talking about. It's a different level. Um, and, and of course there are people out there who like aren't diagnosed who probably have disorders, you know, but, um, and maybe not, maybe we won't even use the word disorder. Like maybe it's just a way of being and there's no judgment around it. Um, cause I find the words disorder and disease to be kind of have Super a negative triggering. connotation, Yeah, yeah. you know, which is why I prefer the word diagnosis. Cause that's just what it is. Right. Yeah. Um, but all that said, um, it's the distinction between when like someone, when a close friend might call you and say like, I'm having a really rough time. It's the distinction between saying to them, instead of launching into, here's how I get through tough times. And I pull myself up by my bootstraps, you know, like, fuck you. If you ever say that to anyone, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's the distinction between saying, do you want advice right now? Or do you just want a shoulder to cry on? And sometimes that's the best question you can ask someone. 
Like, what do you need from me right now? Like, yeah. is it that you need advice or do you just need to gripe? Cause I'm here for, for either or, um, e- equally, it's important that if we're struggling as people who have chronic illness and, and, um, disability, like if we're people who have diagnoses, if we're struggling, um, it's as important for us to be able to say, this is what I need, which you clearly did. Like where you're like, I need 24 hours, which is reasonable. If you said you needed like a week, I would be like, I'm not going to let you isolate like that, you know? But yeah. if you said you need 24 hours, that's totally fucking reasonable. Have your 24 hours. Enjoy well, it. Well, what I actually said was I need like two to three days, um, which is fine. But if you said a week, that would set off alarm bells for me. I'd be yeah, like, oh, my, no, my, no, I'm coming over with chicken soup now. <laughs> my, friend, my friend was like, my friend was like, no, we were watching this show with us. And I was like, fuck off. I'll be back later. Like, was it the Goonies? <laughs> no, it was actually, we're watching Euphoria for the first time because <gasps> I'd never seen it, so I didn't understand what the hype was. And I'm obsessed. It's a great show. Like, oh. struggle with it. I watched the first episode and I couldn't keep watching. And this is maybe a pandemic thing that's new for me, is that I can't watch depressing content. It's really depressing, but it's shot like a music video. So yeah. for me, I'm like, okay, it's very MTV. I can follow this. All right, good. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think I'm just I'm at this point where like I'm recognizing that when I consume shit that is drum overly dramatic or like melodramatic i'm just like it puts me in that space mentally and i'm like nope right now i need the office or i need oh my god the office the yeah. office what a that show we stand can't. the office i can't i love it so much and also if they're listening jenna fisher and the angel can see your show your podcast it, oh yeah i right. have re-listened to that podcast time and time again just because i'm like it's comforting i like it i like it's them being goofs on the air like all right yeah. great do you actually speaking of great podcasts the one i've been obsessed with recently is maintenance phase do you listen to this podcast no i haven't <gasps> oh my god andrew i think you'd love it it's it's a debunking podcast and the hosts are so funny together and they're kind of like us funny like us together oh, funny. so like so like really sardonic awesome. and hilarious yeah <laughs> yes. um and they yeah it's, it's awesome. They debunk a lot of shit. Like they've debunked the whole, um, Matthew Walker's why we sleep and you know, that book being a huge thing and sleep medicine and yeah, oh, I've nice. been listening I, to some interesting episodes. I definitely have to, I'll have to have a listen. Maybe they, maybe they could use us both as guests. To- I think they could. In fact, they did an episode recently that I was like ready to be mad at them for, and then couldn't be mad at them because they saw every side of the argument, um, in the sense that it was an episode about a, oh, that was me. Wasn't it? Um, they did an episode about a cancer influencer who it turned out had been lying about her. Oh yeah. Yeah. I heard about this. And, um, I was like, oh God, this is going to make the whole disability and chronic illness community look like shit. Kind of like that BBC documentary did that came out last year. And in fact, they mentioned this is really shitty for people who live with disability and chronic illness because they have people telling them they're liars all the time. And this just compounds that message, which oh, I love them for that. True. I love them for that so much. When they said that, I was like, okay, you won't be getting an email from me, even though I want to email you and say, I love you. Um, you won't be getting like an angry, well-worded letter from me saying, excuse me. And this is why you're wrong because they weren't wrong. Um, so they, they're really smart and funny and awesome. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Amazing. Uh, 
Um, so one of the things we touched on at the beginning, and then we moved right along to other stuff. I know uh, this is one what of we the, do. Yeah, we're just we're chatty. Tangent City. Tang- yeah, Tangent City podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, so one of the things we touched on in the beginning was the nuance mm-hmm. between chronic illness and disability. And I, I know from talking to you a little bit that these things are these two identities are very different for you how do you feel the experience of chronic illnesses both overlap and diverge from each other well I think the concepts of disability and chronic illness in some ways are like self-determining if that makes sense that like depending on how you feel you move through the world as an individual you can choose how you identify it's a choose your own adventure, <laughs> um, even though it's not because often our bodies are like, no, we are going to choose for you. Um, much. Yeah. But um, I think it is about sort of looking at your experience um, as objectively as possible and sort of deciding like, what, what, do, what category do I feel I fit into? Um, and I, it's interesting because like I have been on disability, right? So like I have identified as disabled at certain points along this journey, the, journey. the health journey. Um, we love a journey. Um, but I'm at a point now where I consider myself to be chronically ill. And that for me, the distinction, gosh, what is the distinction? The distinction is that, um, I can prevent, I can do certain things with my lifestyle to control up to a, to a degree to control whether or not I flare and how badly I might flare. So I have some degree of control. Um, and I feel like for me, that's the big distinction. Um, and it doesn't mean that there's control from a superiority point of view at all. Like it's not a superior. Yeah. I was just going to say, I was like, do you feel superior to the, (laughs) no, (laughs) I rarely feel superior. So, um, but I, I think it's, it's just that like, I have a, maybe a little more agency when it comes to whether or not I'm going to shit myself one day or piss my pants the next, you know? Um, not that those things are happening, but I mean, what's have. that like? I mean, <laughs> that just happened for me like an hour ago. So. Well, you know, I bring it up because it's relatable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, if I am, and I've discovered for myself personally, and everyone's going to be different, but like when I'm practicing, especially integrative practices and doing things like, and we're going to get into the, the yucky wellness space again here. Oh, no. And this is, but it's a dance. This is what I love is that it is a dance and it is what you make it right. So like, for me, there are certain practices that really help and they include regular acupuncture and regular massage and, um, watching my nutrition and, um, you know, making sure that I'm nourishing myself and like getting five to six fruits and veggies a day. When I, when I accomplish those things, my body functions better and I'm less likely to flare. Um, and I feel like it also, you know, can help me with my energy in some ways and be supportive. Um, so yeah. And like, also I, I feel that I also have more, um, ease in moving through the world when it comes to navigating prejudice from the outside world too, because I'm not in a wheelchair, right? Like, and this is a big thing is that I think 
disability, the symbol is the wheelchair symbol. And you and I yeah. have talked about this. And so people who don't know much about this world just associate mobility aids disability, right? It's much more nuanced than that. Yeah. Um, but I can travel and not worry about my wheelchair getting broken on the airline. What the fuck is that like? Uh, it's, I, I don't know. What's it like worrying about your wheelchair? You know what oh I mean? Oh my God, like, the stress level. Oh my God. Yeah, well, exa- that's, I imagine. But it's it's like, there are other things I worry about, um, like people coughing on me during COVID, which is why I haven't traveled anywhere in two years. Um, but uh, I think it, it changes the way that the comfort with which I move through the world, because I can, I can enter buildings that don't have a ramp or I can, um, you know, enter buildings that people are wearing perfumes in because I don't have chemical sensitivity, like things like that. So, um, I, I, I feel that I have a little more freedom moving through the world and it sucks that that's the case because I wish that everyone's needs were accommodated and we made buildings scent free and we, you know, properly and we didn't make wheelchairs that yeah, we didn't make wheelchairs that went upstairs, but we actually put more ramps in. Like I ramps, 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 and elevators. Ramps, elevators ramps and, and elevators. Yeah. And, att- and attendant care. Can mm-hmm. we do this? Can we? Okay. This is a total Let's tangent. talk about care. Get but into I need care. To fucking, I need to fucking go off on it for a minute. Can we, to make a building accessible for me sometimes, means I need another person. And when I leave my house, the kind of care that I have, it's only attached to my house. So if I left to go to the grocery store right now, I wouldn't have care. Wouldn't it be great if I could go to any building and the building would have an attendant care person mm. hired on just to provide care Yeah. to anyone that walks in? The or person, if you had care that went with you throughout the day. Wouldn't so, that also be amazing? I mean, yeah. I mean, that but, almost in many ways makes more sense because then that person is with you at every location you need. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it. I wish that care were more, and and I got a lot of insights about care just talking to you a couple of weeks ago. It's like the- was it, was it only a couple of weeks ago we talked? I feel like it was yesterday. I know, it feels like yesterday. That's because we're, we're friends awesome. now. I mean, we're yeah. friends now. <laughs> Apparently, I mean, that is what we are. So you're right. <laughs> but I, I did have a question about kind of what we're talking about and the, mm-hmm. not so much care, but your- kind of understanding of chronic illness and disability for yourself. Yeah. And I wonder, because I like to ask sort of hard questions here, so here it is. Mm. I, I wonder if, do you think there's a little bit of internalized ableism in yeah. the way you navigate being disabled versus chronically ill? Yeah. And now that you're asking me it, that question, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm worse than I thought. No, you know? no, 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 no. But I think it's important <laughs> that we like explore internalized ableism yeah. and how, how it shows up and everything you were saying, I was listening and I was like, okay, okay. And all my flags were like, oh, there's some internalized ableism there. You know, what's funny is that I was saying it and I had flags going up and they were like, this is a red flag, but we're not sure what for. <laughs> <laughs> that's what was, it is. All I hear was Lauren was having, Lauren is having internalized ableism right now. Yeah. And I, I want to help her through it, but also I got to let her say it first. Then I'll be like, <laughs> let's talk about it. So like, do you, is there a part of you that is, afraid of becoming more disabled than you are fully absolutely that's a fear because i have been bedridden and i have been housebound um i uh, i always live in fear of having that happen again you know and um and chronically ill is a is a nice distance away from 
from disabled. Disabled, yeah. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like, it is a nice distance. It's a whole letter grade away from disabled. Yeah. So, like, I get it. I understand. I, I just think it's it, it struck me when you were talking. I was like, oh, she's feeling internalized ableism. And I just want to tell her that's what it is. But yeah. I also want to tell you, like, it's not it's not bad that you're experiencing it. Like, your first response to me saying, I think you have internalized ableism was, oh, my God, I'm bad. I'm, I'm worse. And I'm here to say, oh, like. Oh, not. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just want to remind you that, like, no, it doesn't make you bad. It's just important that we talk about, like, there's always yeah. layers of stuff there. And we need to remove the judgment from those conversations. That's what I love about what you do is that there's just never judgment, you know? No, like, never. It's like, let's just be ourselves and talk And about whatever happens. Shit. Like, I think the, my issue with the chronically ill and disability mm. justice movement, and I, I say this almost every show now, so I'll just say it again. My issue is that we don't have enough room for the nuance. We don't have enough room for the yeah. discussion. Since you're going to take a sip of water, I'm going to take a sip of water. Yeah, I'm pouring um, some water over here. Amazing. I'm trying to pour it so it doesn't sound like I'm like peeing. We could do an ASMR podcast right now. We could just, <laughs> we could just pour the water. Or, or we could just piss ourselves. Which would you prefer? Both of those things are <laughs> very possible. Very possible. Mm. Delightful. Delightful and delicious. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is, it's, it's so important to be able to have these conversations without bringing a value judgment into them. Without and, putting a boundary up right away before you have the conversation. Yeah. And, and but, I, I mean, you're going to go even deeper on that though. So go for it. I mean, I think that the disability community and they're great. And I love all women, like whatever your experience all of with us. disability. Yeah. All of us are great. Not a them, it's an us. <laughs> <laughs> True. But thank you for the reminder because sometimes I forget. But I love. Is that your internalized ableism speaking? <laughs> it probably was too. No, it was my. I often don't want to connect with the disability justice movement because they're angry speaking. That's what it was. And I was yeah. like, not that I don't agree with the anger. I just think there are better uses to it than blasting everyone for every little tiny mistake. Yeah, and and you're talking about blasting people who are able-bodied who have no perception of what it is like to live in a disabled body yeah or or should we say not able-bodied but pre-disabled right like oh yeah i forgot about that was it you were we talked about this yeah yeah that like because everybody i mean if you're lucky you get out of here without any disabilities and you die peacefully in your sleep when you're old. No, no, I, I'm, I'm going to challenge that. I'm going to say, if you're lucky, you get out of here with at least one disability. Actually, yes, this was the conversation we had. Yes, but it, right. Because if you live long enough, you're going to require medical care on a higher level because something will start going off in Filling. your body. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's an organ or a joint or your brain, what have you. Or all those things together all at once. I mean, that can happen too. Like, <laughs> We've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. If you're lucky, you get out of here with just one. Yeah. So so able-bodied is actually pre-disabled. Pretty, I, I mean, I like pre-disabled. I, I yeah. enjoy that. I enjoy it. Um, but the anger in the disability community. Yeah. So I just think we have a right to be angry and it's mm-hmm. valid and I agree that it's there. But I just think the modality in which we mobilize that anger yeah. is misplaced. We need to, I yeah. think that we need to, and if anybody's listening who's like, Andrew, I disagree, 
go ahead and write me letters. I would love to hear from you. Um, mm. I think that the the anger is misplaced, and I think we need to the modality needs to be building a bridge. Yeah, I I agree with you on many levels, probably on all of them. Um, it's interesting because I also see a lot of talk in like especially in patient forums. There's a lot of talk about how hard it is, you know, and a lot of like, I'm having such a tough time right now. And I think a lot of people in our communities are turned off by that because they're already wallowing in their own feelings and they don't have space for anyone else's feelings, you know, and I certainly, I'm certainly that person. Um, when I started going onto patient forums, when I first got really physically ill, um, I was like, this is a fucking downer and I can't be in here because it's going to only make things worse for me mentally. Um, and I had to find communities where people were actively solutions oriented, um, and having more open conversations about like what ableism was and how internalized ableism manifested. And like, for me, taking the, the intellectual long view, um, perhaps because it's, it was less personal, right? Yeah, you know, was, um, has always been of more interest to me and has felt that it, it served me better. Um, but I also know that there are some people who just want to like find a space where they can just be. And if how they are is having a tough time, then that's okay too. And I think the difficulty is that very I few think of it's... our spaces meet people where they are. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's when you weaponize that tough time against everyone else mm-hmm. where I think the problem lies. And I think, I'm not saying you can't have tough time because I follow my Instagram for like five seconds and it's all I ever talk about. But like, <laughs> you know, I think if if every post is, well, so-and-so is an ableist because they didn't do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And this person that did this is ableist. And I see this so much in disability discourse. And I go... Is, are you tired of that? Are you exhausted mm. of that? Wouldn't you rather build a, wouldn't you rather find a solution or have a conversation about how you're feeling as opposed to attacking someone constantly? Doesn't that get tired? And so when I started advocacy, that's what I did. I mm. echoed what I was seeing everyone else do and I hated on everyone. And then one day I was like, I hate this. This is really yeah. hard for me. I don't like this anymore. I want to give people tips. I want to show them how to engage with the disabled community and make it accessible. Yeah. And I think you could liken it in terms of a, an analogy. You could say that, you know, what you're asking of the disability and chronic illness communities in terms of changing the way that we, excuse me, there goes that smoothie again, in terms of changing the way that we we commune with pre-disabled people who may be a bit more naive about our conditions. Um, I think of it in the same breath as talking to someone who doesn't have the same political beliefs as you, you know, um, there's a difference between talking, trying to talk to someone who's already made up their mind and talking to someone who's open to hearing what you have to say. And the difference is listening. See, I agree with you. You're right, but I if we're gonna if we're gonna liken it to politics, which I never do in the show, but I want to because it's important. I open like, Pandora's box. We're gonna liken it to politics. Like, whew, the pandemic has really shown us how how 
quickly we don't listen to each other but also how little our lives are valued too yeah and like to be honest i have stopped listening to people who are any mask i've stopped listening to people who are any, any even if they mean the the best i think there are limits yeah. i think that's what it is it's that like look i'm willing to talk to someone who has different opinions from me but like if there's literally no science behind your argument and no factual basis to your argument. I can't even be in the discussion with you unless no. you're open to understanding the fact that you need to look at science because science is real. And your theory that Donald Trump fed you when he oh, was God. telling you like, oh, is God. not real. And like, you yeah. know, when we're recording this, we're in the middle of a trucker convoy in Canada where I am. Yeah. And like, did you get my text that said, don't let the convoy get you down? Oh, I did. I was very, it was very kind. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I, you know, that kind of stuff as a disabled Canadian yeah. scares the shit out of me. Yeah. It scares me so much because I'm like, what do I, how, what do we do? Well, how, and, how do I even matter in this too? Yeah. So like, I can't support that stuff. Yeah, even I if, agree. Even if my best friend was like, can we sit down and talk about it? I would be like, no, we can talk about it. I'm never going to agree with you though. Right. Never in a million years will I agree with you. And I think there's so much ableism around what's happening right now Mm. with the convoy and with like all those trucks were stopping supply chain for people with disabilities who needed shit. And that made me so angry as a disabled person who needed shit. Yeah. Like I remember when they came in to, the capital of Canada, all of our food supply got slowed down. Well, I'm not in the capital here, but still it, it trickled down over here. Mm-hmm. Then they came to Toronto where I am and started holding anti-freedom rallies. And it was like, oh no, like, what do we, oh no. But that's where it is. It's sort of like talking to a loved one who doesn't get it, isn't it? Like we have to remember that it's a loved one that like, we're not going to be like, fuck you, you're wrong unless they give us a reason to say that, you know? And a lot of people feel like they have been given reason to say that. And I think that sort of reflects the kind of support systems that we all have because it's different across the board too, you know? Like if you have a super loving and supportive family and group of friends behind you who are there for you no matter what, you're probably gonna be slightly less angry than someone who doesn't have that. Yeah, and I think I have to remember that when I say things like, well, I wish the disability and social justice people would just stop being like, like, you're right. But I also think now it makes me think how many of those people online who are angry about it are just, are are actually saying, I'm angry, but I have no support system, so I better put it on Twitter. I better put it on. That's what I always think whenever I see people like getting in fights in the comments of posts and stuff and like isn't that the weirdest it's like well, what is going on well it's weird to you and i because we have outlets for our anger you yeah. know like and i don't think it's weird to people who don't have another outlet and so i really um like i don't know if it's empathy or sympathy but like i really feel compassion toward people who don't have anywhere else to put their feelings Um, And I wish that mental health were a bigger conversation in our cultures because that's what's at the bottom of all of this. Yeah, you know exactly. Now, we've talked a little bit about 
kind of the disability community and my my wishing for them for a shift in terms of the chronic illness community like do you find there's a lot of anger there do you find that it's it's as polarizing yeah, it's a mix it, it is polarizing i think i think there are people who feel sad and lonely and there are people who reach out for community no matter what community you're in you know um and the aspects of the chronic illness community that I actively engage with on a regular basis are the ones that sort of have learned to shift their perspective on things and sort of find ways to navigate through these experiences that our bodies ask of us um, to make changes in our lives and like make something not necessarily better out of it, but just like, you know, find a way to make it sustainable. Yeah. Um, and uh, that is more the kind of person I am. It's also because I'm very privileged, um, you know? And so I've definitely gravitated toward those kinds of conversations, but I've been able to meet a lot of people who have found their way to that same place of sustainability um, from a really difficult past or difficult struggles with identity, difficult experiences in the medical system, difficult experiences with family. Um, and so being able to talk to people who've landed in the same place, who've come from all different places to begin with, that for me is really where I draw my interest and strength from in the work that I do. I love that because I think it shows that everyone with chronic illness and disability goes through their own journey. Mm -hmm. But at some point we have to come to the same place of like, I need to sustain this and be okay with this and be comfy with this because it's not going away. And I think that sustainability, what it equals is a few platitudes. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have bad days. And when you have good things happen, you can also celebrate those. You know, it, and I think what that really looks like if you sort of zoom out is this more all-encompassing humanity, you know, <laughs> like it's a little bit like, oh, well, that's the fucking human experience. I'm having a human experience. I'm going to be okay with being a, a, a sweet human, you know? Um, I can't remember who told me this, but a friend some while back told me that they think about themselves as a, a tiny little human being instead of a human being, a human being. Um, and there's just something like joyful and like whimsical about the idea yeah. of a human being. Um, and, and, and so I try to sort of, when I'm having a rough moment, like I sort of go like, am I being sweet to my little human being right now? Um, and <laughs> that's how I sort of get back to my own humanity. And like, I hope that other people are able to connect to that as well. Yeah, I think I think giving ourselves those like funny, quirky things mm -hmm. to make us laugh a little bit is also important. Laughter is so important. And like it, we literally know how important it is because science is real. Um, <laughs> and we have numerous studies that actually show us that laughter can be very healing when it's productive humor in, in the sense that it's not humor at someone else's expense, perhaps yeah. but that um, we're watching reruns of The Office or something because we know that either there's a predictability about it when we're feeling unpredictable in our lives, right? Or that there is something joyful and sweet and kind and human about all of that that makes us sort of go like, 
it's actually okay to be a human. And like, sometimes things suck, but sometimes they're also a delight and we can hold the yes and the both and, you know. What part about, let's, okay, let's break that down a bit for you. Yeah. What part about your chronic illnesses are a delight and mm. what part about them are the worst fucking shittiest? Okay. The, which do you want the, the bad news or the good news first? Whatever. Give me whatever you want. Um, the, the shittiest part is when I get brain tired and physically fatigued and I have to just sleep like, and that no matter how much sleep I get, I never feel fully rested. Um, fun, super fucking fun. Um, so not feeling like, even though I know rest is a human right, I'm not sure how well I'm experiencing rest and how productively I'm ever experiencing rest. So like, that's a concern and it fucking sucks. Um, and you know, when you don't sleep, it affects every other major system in your body. Oh yeah. Um, so what is a delight is when I recognize that I have tuned back into my body because of these shitty things that have happened. And I'm able to feel her go, "Mm, we need to stop doing that right now because we're getting overwhelmed. And I'm like, oh, let's, yeah. Okay. I agree with you. Let's stop girlfriend. Um, and when I can hear her and do what she needs, I kind of think of my body as like my bestie, my best bud, you know? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Cause I'm like, oh, you're hurting right now. Let's, let's unhurt you. <laughs> like that's within our power to do in some circumstances. So that's kind of awesome. And like knowing like the things that I can control are sort of the joyful things. So like when I can hear the message that my body is trying to send me or like, when um, I eat good food and my body's like, thank you for this nutritious food that wasn't full of gluten. And now I'm not going to like, you know, give Explode you constipation later, for yeah. a week. Yeah. Um, so those kinds of things are delightful to me. And you know, what's even more delightful on top of all of that. There's a lot more delight than negativity I'm noticing. So that's great. But what's delightful on top of all that is when I have friends who like or, and my family who are, and this is again, what, what's so great about having an amazing support system. And again, this is my privilege, my particular privilege, but, um, you know, when I have friends and family who are like, let's plan a trip together, but let's also plan rest in for you. What? Yeah. I have people who do that. Can, how do I get one of those? Well, you keep hanging out with me. (laughs) I mean, that's awesome. I would love to plan a rest in. Like, yeah. Literally, they'll be like, well, we have these activities planned, but this one's optional. So if you need to nap then, like literally I have friends who do that. But do they also plan, do you you have friends who like come over with board games and be like, you can't move, but we could do this? Yeah. Well, they've never come over with board games, but they've come over to hang out. They've come over with food. Like, yeah. They've taken care of me. And that's because I learned early on to tell them what I needed. If I hadn't reached out and told them early on what I needed, I don't know that I would have gotten that because they might not have known how to help. And I think that conversation is really hard for people to have. It's so hard. Can you kind of break down like, Mm -hmm. but how did you start that conversation? Uh, About four months into being diagnosed with the obstructive sleep apnea and the um, Hashimoto's. This was before I was diagnosed with the idiopathic hypersomnia, Um, but I was still really tired and functionally exhausted. And I was pretty much housebound and sometimes some days bed bound. Um, I was isolated because I live alone. 
I was isolated and this was before the pandemic and before social distancing and isolation, but I was feeling really isolated. And I was like, look, I have this great group of friends. What if I just, and I think I felt safe enough telling them what I needed because that's what we do. That's how we communicate as friends. The kinds of friendships I have are with people who call me on my shit. And, um, that's first of all, good on your friends. Also, that's hard. That's a, that's hard to do too. But that to me, that's what real friendship looks like. It's, it's being like, "Mm, but have you thought about this other way of looking at it? You know, like, (laughs) is your perspective really the only perspective on this one or, you know, who are also, and I'm like this, cause I'm a Leo and I'm pretty fiercely loyal to my friends. Like I'm the one who's like, you're right. That person is garbage, you know, like, (laughs) but sometimes it, it, it is about having the people and being the person because I try to be this person for my friends too, you know, who, who is like, Hey, but what if we sort of looked at it like this? And what if we looked at all sides? What if we played devil's advocate a little bit? Like, you know, um, we're appropriate because when science is not involved, it's not appropriate. Yeah. We're not playing devil's advocate on whether COVID is real. Just right. so we're clear. Yeah. And whether or not masks work. Yeah. yeah. Not playing Just devil's not, advocate on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um I think I, because I already had those kinds of friendships with a good number of people in my life, I was able to say to them, this is what's going on with me. And I need you to help me. And asking for help is really hard. But I said to them the thing that, and and like, I was specific. I was like, this is the thing that would help me right now what would help me would be to see you, to have time with you. Um, I can't come to you. I can't meet you somewhere because right now I can't drive more than five minutes without worrying about falling asleep at the wheel. So um, if you can come to me, that's something that I can make work. And I might have an hour where I can be function and function. And maybe if you could bring food or I, I had to, at one point, um, change the way I was eating and change my relationship to nutrition. Cause I'd been eating a lot of takeout and that wasn't helping. And in LA takeouts everywhere. It's everywhere. It's so easily accessible. And, um, I told a couple of my friends, I was like, look, they're friends I knew who loved to cook. I was like, I really need help changing my diet. And I have all these recipes and food and I don't have the energy to cook all of it. Do you think you could come over and help cook with me? So I had some friends who like came and cooked with me. I had other friends who just showed up and like hung out with me. Um, And yeah, I mean, I, I think it was like getting specific about my ask, but I think as a friend, um, ways and and I see this a lot in our communities too like here are ways you can actively support your friends order food for us order like um get someone to come and clean our house or do our laundry like help us with everyday tasks because those become more and more untenable when we have no control over our own energies and our bodies yeah um so like helping with day-to-day tasks like um, or coming over and just hanging out with us or bring a board game, like whatever it is, come over and watch a show with us. Um, because yeah, watch me watch Frasier for the 57th time and be comfortable with that. Yeah. If you're not comfortable with that, who are you? <laughs> I mean, it's the best show on TV in there. Truly years. one of the best ever written. Well, like, so good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, and the best episode is actually when they cross into the Canadian border on the 
on the, it was so funny. The Winnebago. Oh my God. Yeah. That yeah. It was fabulous. Um, but I, I definitely think it's like, think as a friend of someone who's living with chronic illness or disability, like think creatively about how you can support us in living day to day, like a regular human, because it's hard for us to do that. And if you are living with chronic illness or disability and thinking about how to communicate with your friends, think about getting specific with your asks and saying, here are the things that would really help me right now. But the most important thing is that I need to spend time with you on my terms. And I think not it's even, about learning not even on fear. your terms, but more on like my body's my, terms. Yeah. Yeah. My, my chronic illness terms, my disability terms. Yeah. So that like, cause on my terms sounds like I'm going to do it my way. I yeah. I don't think you have to be like mean about it. Yeah. I, but I do think that there are a lot of us who are, and this is really interesting because especially when it comes to things like autoimmune disease, right. Which about 75 to 80% of people who live with autoimmune disease identify as female. And, um, it's no surprise that there is a correlation between the people who have autoimmune disease diagnoses and like the fact that many of us have a lack of boundaries in our lives, you know? So sometimes being a little stronger in our boundaries can be helpful if that's something that you're struggling with to like stand up for yourself. Cause I think it's about also somehow I managed to, and, and you did too, like we both managed to arrive at places where we felt fully empowered from within. And I think some of that was just because of the way we were raised and who we came out of the womb as, you know, and I don't think it's as easy to arrive in that place for everyone. Um, but I, think I want too, this to be your sign. <laughs> I, I think too, like it's a journey. I think like, mm-hmm. I think I would say that there are days where I'm fully realized and I fully embody this. And there are days where I'm like, I can't stand this and I hate every second of it and it's the worst. Yep. Like, I think we need to remember that chronically ill and disability is a journey. Um, yeah. We love it. Every we day love is different. Yeah. We love a journey, but it is. It is <laughs> I, love a journey. I love that journey for you. It's a journey. Um, and it's one that. <laughs> ew, <is>, Andrew. <laughs> ew. We're on this journey. Ew. Uh, but it's, you know. I'll spit my water out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's. It, it, I think getting to places where not even where you feel fully okay, but more okay is important. But if you have days where you stumble, it's important to talk about that too. I completely agree. That's that thing about like meeting people where they are. Like if you can meet other people where they are, why don't you try meeting yourself where you are? Whoa, that should be on a shirt. (laughs) If it's not already. full of cliches. (laughs) Like why don't you have a clothing line? It's just hilarious things you said today. Like, how about we piss our pants now? You know, like whatever it is. But I shit myself an hour ago. How are you? <laughs> now you need your own line of t-shirts. I mean, you have money, for a while. Let's be real. I mean, my most of my tweets are a t-shirt. It's fun. You know, t-shirts for the win. <laughs> tweet shirts for the win. Tweet, tweet shirts. Somebody should. I should get on that. Um, yeah, you, you really should. How come you haven't? Right. I mean, uh, who knows. Because energy copyright twenty twenty two Andrew Gerza TM 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 TM. Um, <laughs> so so tell me about one of the things you said in the questionnaire, which I don't think was meant to be a question, but I laughed so hard I was like, I have to make you one. Oh my god, tell what me, was it? Tell me about you. You told me that you haven't gotten laid in two years. Oh god, yeah. Do you know what? I'm really glad you're asking me about this because I mean, this conversation around sexuality and chronic illness and disability is so important, but also because I feel like the 
major portions of discourse about sex and sexuality are about the people who are having it. What about the people who are not? Yes, let's talk about that. Um, and it's not by choice. I've been living through a global pandemic for the last two years <laughs> and I don't have a boyfriend. So I haven't felt safe like calling my friend with benefits to get laid, you know, like it just, if I, if I don't know that you are being COVID safe in your day-to-day -day life, which includes your work and your social interactions yeah, and, and I'm on the dating apps and trying to date and stuff. And it's like, you know, that's the first thing I do is have a conversation about like, how are you doing? And like, I'm trying to be as safe as I can while also is your dating profile super tired, but also super hot. Cause it should be that. I mean, that's actually such a fucking great idea. Because, <laughs> I mean, super tired, but also super hot. I think I definitely mentioned naps. <laughs> no, and I no. look for guys who are into naps because it I'm like, I'm going to be taking them. It needs to be upgraded to super tired, but also but, super hot. But also super hot. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to work on this. Okay, Maybe I should, that's a, a, Next time we talk, we can pull out our dating profiles for each other. <laughs> and we that can should, critique. That should be an episode all by itself. <laughs> Well, maybe that's going to be a follow-up to this. Yeah, part two. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, it's been a minefield feeling safe dating because I'm like, look, I have needs, but I can meet a good number of those needs on my own. Like, yes, I would like to have a warm body, but if that warm body is not 100% COVID-free and we, you know, haven't, we don't know about the safety level of that shit because, you know, Knows, I, I think right? it's, it's hard and, and I'm not interested in casual sex anymore either. So that kind of is a roadblock for me. Like I've been there and done that and I've worked through that for myself. And I'm at this point now where like, that just doesn't excite me in the same way that it used to. Yeah. So, um, if you're listening to this and you are also super tired and super hot, please call me. <laughs> I mean, I think we found the tagline for the show. Super tired, super and, tired super and super hot. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I just, I think it's interesting because there are the first thing I do on the dating apps when I match with someone is that I write them a message and I'm like, um, Hey, you know, how are you faring throughout the, like, as this yeah. whole oh, thing no. drags on, please tell me you don't say faring. No, I don't say faring. I say, hey, good. I, was I can be tell like... you, I have a boilerplate. Should I pull it up and tell you what? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, wait, let me pull up my bumble. Hang on. And I get, I have a pretty high response rate from this one. So y'all feel free to steal it from me, but I say, hi, whatever their name is. So tell me, how are you handling the whole quote unquote dating during an ongoing global pandemic thing? For reference, I'm fully vaxxed and boosted and being as cautious as mm -hmm. one can be while still trying to live a full life. Dot, dot, dot. Um, and then know, you I'm, should say also I'm super tired and super hot also I'm super tired and super hot um, so I have largely had positive responses to that where I, the people who write back are like yeah I'm also vaxxed and boosted and also like trying to live a life but trying to be safe and so most people have been really responsible which has been kind of mind-blowing to me yeah but there have been the odd people here and there who have been like, I'm so tired of hearing about the pandemic. I don't oh, believe no. in vaccines. And I'm oh. like, so I always just, cause I don't like ghosting people. I always say to them when that's the case, I'm like, um, listen, I wish you the best of luck. It sounds like we're not a match um, because I am someone who is immune compromised. And so it's not safe for me to be hanging out with anyone who is not being COVID safe. 
Um, so good luck to you and bye-bye, you know, and <laughs> like, shalom and shalom, Shabbat shalom and, to you. Yeah. Shabbat shalom. To life. Uh, but yeah, so it has been really hard because it's hard to create a relationship with someone when you're not fully safe meeting them, let alone fully safe getting naked with them, you know? Um, And that also brings up something that's kind of a a minefield too, which is when do you disclose about your diagnoses? You know, like, I feel like if I'm going to be- Preferably before he's eating you out, preferably- Oh, 100% before then. Um, Although we would love (laughs) things to get there eventually. Please, mom and dad don't ever listen to this. Um, I, I don't, we don't do, I don't do sex, mom and dad. I don't, I don't do it. Um, <laughs> oh no, so actually, actually side note, I have a really cute story about when I was a kid and, and talking about sex. Would you like to hear it? I, of course. Yeah. Okay. I feel like you need to hear this. Um, when I, I, I was really little, apparently I've been told the story, um, that, uh, my parents were out at dinner or like had friends over for dinner or something, but you know, it was all adults and the topic of sex came up Yeah, and I was, you know, what, like three, four years old or something. And I was like, I love sex. (laughs) And everyone was like, sort of looked at my parents, like, what the fuck is wrong with you and your child? And apparently then I sort of looked at my parents and I was like, what sex? Oh, adorable. Pretty cute. Pretty cute. Um, so the sex talk happened fairly early in my house. (laughs) Smartly. So good for your parents. Good for my parents. Um, but, uh, all, all of that said, um, it's, it's hard to know when to tell people also about like my immune status, you know, that's why I'm super hot and also super tired. tired. It's a great, it's a great lead in to yo, I have this. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm going to try that because maybe it'll change the caliber of men I'm coming across. Maybe you'll get like some hot like firemen or nurses or like people who are like quasi into care. Like (laughs) It's strategic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's a a plan there. Maybe you'll get some, and you're in LA, maybe you'll get some Channing Tatum like firemen that are like, yeah. Yeah, but then I'd have to be dating strippers. I mean, Which I'm okay with. uh, It's good. I mean, but but. (laughs) In terms of like, you know, in terms of COVID safety, I had sex with my co my my I almost said coworker. <laughs> Your my, sex worker friend. My sex work, yeah, my sex worker friend last week. Yeah. And we do this thing now where whenever he comes over, we both get a test. We both yeah. do rapid testing right away. And we make sure that everyone feels okay with the other one. Yeah. And I love doing that because it shows that he gives a shit about what my needs are and I give a shit about what his needs are. Yeah. And then we fuck and it's, it makes us feel so much better. But in terms of disclosure for you, put it on the profile and I think put it, pepper it throughout the profile. Um, yeah. Like, super like, hot. But also I'm super hot and super tired. Ask me why. Yeah. Ask me why. Yeah. Like, <laughs> pepper it throughout. Like my profile talks about how I'm a bear in a chair. Talks about how. Oh my God. That's so great. That needs to be a t-shirt. Like talks about how I'm super disabled. Like I should pull up my profile and read you. Yeah, right can now. you read us some of your profile? Yeah, let me let me get some. Wait, wait, let me find it. <laughs> let me pull it up. I love how uh, we were gonna make this a totally separate episode. It's becoming well, it's the episode. Becoming the episode. <laughs> it's my show. Who cares? I can do whatever. I want. <laughs> you can do whatever the fuck you want. Um. So the my profile on Scruff, by love the way, it. is what I use. So any guys who are wondering where to find me, that's where you go. And my. <laughs> 
profile is waiting for it. Disability. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> my profile is. I don't want to edit myself. I want to see it. Yeah, rude. Come on. No. Okay, wait. And why scruff and not grinder? Because on scruff, you can talk more. You can put more, like, you can put paragraphs. Oh, yeah, uh, more detail. On grinder, you can't put as much detail. So okay. mine is, I could find myself. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, where am I now? That's the first test. Find yourself. Hang on, I have disabilities. You don't know. Um, I mean, I do know. So I found, I found you know, I'm I'm emceeing. I'm filling the space here for you. So I, I changed my profile like once a week. I changed the name on it once a week because it's funny. So this week, I'm Dick on Wheels. Because <laughs> I was like, let's just get to the point Not here. Not balls, balls to the wall? Balls I mean, on Wheels? <laughs> dick on Wheels just sounds funnier. Yeah, but, Dick on Wheels is good. Or Richard Wheeler could be also hilarious. Dick on Wheels. <laughs> <laughs> oh god you're making me laugh like an old man with emphysema <laughs> oh it's happening <laughs> i'm crying a little all right richard so wheeler for the win richard wheeler so let's jump right into my profile my profile says i am looking for friendship relationships Random play, NSA, and dates. Mm-hmm. My pronouns are he, him, they, them. Mm-hmm. Even though they've changed to they, them, and he, him multiple times throughout this process. But I'm yeah. like, it's a, it's a dating app, whatever. And then I say, right off the bat, I say, I'm the sexiest queer cripple you will ever meet. I have cerebral palsy. Yes. I advocate for people with disabilities in the queer community. I don't have a perfect body, and I don't want one. I'm also a disabled daddy. I'm a freelance blogger, presenter, and podcaster. I'm looking for cool people to get to know and see what happens. I mean, I would read that and want to date you immediately. Oh, wait, there's more. And then, <laughs> and then I say, I'm not like the others. I'm not super muscular because of my disabilities. I use a power wheelchair, and I'm not like any other guys you have met. Looking for more real friendships and lovers. Gross. Ew, I said lovers? Ew! Yeah, you did. I can't believe you talked about being in a power wheelchair and you didn't talk about being a power bottom or a power top. I have a t-shirt that says power chair top. I mean, you should maybe make that joke in your profile. I mean, I really should. <laughs> it's funny. I really should. Yeah. So then I, that's then a I missed say, opportunity for a laugh there. Then I say something like, um, my name I, is Richard Wheeler. Yeah. Richard Wheeler. <laughs> and then I say something like, I love to make inappropriate disability jokes. Yep. I hope that you will make them with me. I'm looking for something with a little follow through, mm. a little fun and a little vulnerability. Don't just learn about disability through me, live it and experience it with me. Ooh, Aww. I was really like- I'm falling I, in love with you. I was really like into it for a minute then. And then I said- It definitely like, changed where you say lovers. <laughs> it was so gross. Ew, lovers, <laughs> ew. Just be like, and a person for sexy times is what Lovers. I'm a whole Ew. person who likes holes. <laughs> I'm a whole person. <laughs> a whole person. Um, and then I said, my disability 100% defines who I am. It will also define our time together. Do you think you can handle that? Because mm. I felt like it was important to share. I love that. that. It's, and it's also sort of a challenge. 
I mean, are you up for it? Yes or no. And if you're not, yeah, are you up for it? Are you man enough? Um, I love that. And then I said, don't message unless you think you're ready to, unless you think you're ready to think outside the box and really get to know me. I'm not looking for guys who are all about talking and not doing. If you want to get to know me, you have to put the effort in. Hmm. And then I, and then that's where it ends. But like, I have two critiques. Lovers. Lovers. And then at one point you say you're looking for a little follow through a little something and a little, you're not looking for a little follow through. You're looking for follow through period. True facts. And I feel like it underplays how much you deserve to have someone who fucking texts you back. I mean, what is it with guys and not texting you? Give me- well, what is it with guys and being noncommittal? I think is really the. I mean, I listen, it's listen. Scary. If all if all you want is for me to blow you once a week, that's like, fine. But that's in negotiable. Order, in order for me to blow you once a week, you have to show up once a week. And you have to text me back. Yeah. Otherwise, I can't blow you. How do you? Mm-hmm. But, but this is not. But like nobody I think, wins. Nobody wins yeah. if you don't text me back. But like, I think your profile needs to be much more, much more explicitly disabled than it is only mm. because oh no i mean chronically ill you're not there yet chronically much more chronically oh, ill. am i there yet you kind of convinced me today i mean i kind of think your handbook's in the mail and you should get it there should be i mean it's, it's I coming am, with my publisher's clearinghouse check right? yeah that's right i'm indoctrinating yeah. you into the i'm the i'm the leader apparently yep. of this cult that we call disability um, yeah oh i i have a follow-up question for you too Yes, ready, as the, go. As the cult leader of this cult we um, call disability. Yeah, right. Um, and you are a very charismatic leader and I'm glad to, you know, work below you, oh. <laughs> among you and below you. Um, do you like being under me then? <laughs> I guess I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but you mentioned in your profile, I am 100% defined by my disability. And I think this is a really interesting topic because one of the things that comes up a lot in my show is that many people who I talk to are not 100% defined by their disability. They're like, that is a part of who I am, but it is not all of who I am. Oh, I literally, I, I very purposefully went the yes. other way. I, I, that, was, that was on purpose. I was like, no, I am defined because if I want a drink of water right now, the only reason that I can get it for you is because I ha- get it for myself. Because I have- Straw, you have yeah. a straw. I have a straw and I have the cup right there. If I wanted to get a snack, Right now, I'd have to call somebody. If mm-hmm. I wanted to to scratch my back, I'd have to call somebody. Are you gonna like say I, balls? You were gonna say balls. I was gonna say nose, and then I was like, "That's not true. I can scratch my nose." But if <laughs> I, if if I wanted to, like, you know, do something, I'd have to call somebody. So mm-hmm. everything I do from the minute I open my eyes in the morning to the minute I close them at night is one million percent defined with a disability. Yes, but what about like? Do you think that is the line? between chronic illness and disability or between or is it just a nuance in disability no i think the line is actually a wave that goes up and down and one minute it can be disability and one minute it can be chronic illness and i think but i think the closer you get to that line of disability which you will as your body changes with disabled pre-disabled like i think it's okay and i think to explore the wave and ride the wave as you go through it is like nothing is linear. We know this, but disability is especially not linear. And mm. we we treat disability as one day you get up, then you have a tragic accident, and then you're disabled. No, that's not how it works. And we need to see it as a wave. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I can't argue with you on that one. You're just correct, and that's why you're I am the leader. cult leader. So yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, 
great so much fun today i don't know what other questions I know. I'm, I'm like can we you. just keep talking I'm yeah like, that's just you know what we do i anyway. mean the podcast will be five hours but sure i know actually i don't think it was that long i feel like we started recording only like an hour ago i feel like i've been talking to you for five hours which i love but i, mean, I know well because we cover a lot yeah it doesn't feel like any time has passed and yet all the time and also i think you and i are like really really great at going off on tangents and circling back Oh, wow. Circle back. Tangents but, circle back. See, you're really good at bringing me back to what we were actually talking about because if I had just been left my own devices, the <laughs> tangents I would have gone on that never got back anywhere it would have happened. Yeah, but you know what? You're the cult leader. You can do whatever the fuck you want. It's true. I am the Jim Jones of no, 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 I'm no. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no, no, no. But I Maybe do. Maybe like love, that, the Elvis Presley of. Uh... I do love culty shit. And I think, you know, we were talking before we recorded about TV shows, wouldn't mm-hmm. it be hilarious if there was like a, a parody show that mm-hmm. was the cult of disability, that was like a cult leader who was su- like super disabled and trying to get everybody to go into the- It would either be interesting or super insulting to the entire Yeah, community. I don't know how I feel, but it's just an idea. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out Because it sounds like, it sounds like people who would be like maiming themselves on purpose. Oh no. Become, like it sounds a little like Munchausen's by proxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that kind of territory. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, well, maybe because maybe then we would all be told it's all in our heads, and we won't then it would it would you know we won't that. put that one up for pilot season. No, 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 no. Um, well, Lauren Freeman, this is I Andrew Gerza. Really great. We did it. I know we did it. I'm so honored. You are, as always, such a delight. And thanks for asking me about my sex life as a disabled person because we don't talk enough about the fact that our bodies deserve pleasure and we're all sexual beings and deserve to be pleasure is a human right and we all deserve access to it in whatever way that looks like um but how can the people get a hold of you how can they listen to your show how do they follow you that's very kind of you to ask um you can find me on the internet (laughs) (laughs) cool (laughs) on my website at uninvisiblepod.com and then you can also find me across social media at uninvisiblepod and I think that's the most pertinent information. Um, I, I'm going to be expanding my website a little bit to include health coaching very soon, which I've already announced on social. But if you want to work with me as a coach and allow me to curse like a sailor in your favor, um, I can be found at calendly.com slash uninvisible um, to book a free intro. But nice. otherwise, um, yeah, find me, talk to me, challenge me. Um, Go on the show. I know a lot of disabled people are listening to this and, and, you know, I'm not to, you know, we need to have other guests on our shows. If you're listening and you're a fervent listener of my show, go on Lauren's show and talk about stuff. I think it's important, especially if you're living with chronic illness and invisible disabilities or invisible chronic illness. Like I've talked to so many of you. So if you're listening right now, go on the show and talk to Lauren. It's it's, you saw, you heard how ridiculous we were. It'll be a fun time for you. It'll be such a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We always, this is the thing that like, I feel that I have always been able to bring to these conversations is like some levity because there is so much gravity about, oh, disability. It's such a safe It's so heavy. Like it's so so deep. Yeah. 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 You know? And like, I also think, yeah, but we're just humans fucking it up all the time. Can we so, just giggle about it? Like, can we giggle about it and like be fucking it up together? Can we be giggly gims together? Why can't we do that? Like, <laughs> why isn't that your name on Scruff? I mean, it really should. It could be. It could be. I mean, Big Dick on Wheels gets gets more. I mean, Richard gets, Wheeler is my favorite. <laughs> Richard Wheeler, <laughs> so funny. Bubbly Bear, Bubbly Bear. 
bubbly, bubbly bear, bear on chair. wheels bubbly bear amazing. in the chair amazing amazing yeah there's so many options but lauren and i could talk for three hours so i'm yeah. gonna cut it now before we keep talking about nothing it's true uh, uh thank you so much for being here and for thank for you. laughing with me today and for talking about all the stuff that isn't always easy and, and get doing, your ass out to california and come visit me come fly me out there for a reason i know like, right if i had the money <laughs> yeah like let's find a way to get me out there and then i'll be there i'm down with that because I have other Californian friends that are like dying for me to go out there. So, well, producers and writers, hire Andrew to be in your shows. I mean, or just consult on your show. Just or consult me... on your show. Yeah. Like, which shoots in Los Angeles now. Yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I love doing that kind of work too. Like, I love consulting because it's so fun. But yeah. nobody wants to hear about that because we've been rambling on forever. So, I'm going to cut it now for real this time. Uh, Lauren Freeman of the Unimisable Pod. Thank you. Thank so much you. for being here today. Oh, thank you, Andrew. You're just gorgeous and I adore you. And I'm so glad to be friends with you. And um, what what luck that um, preparation met opportunity. I mean, right? It took us <laughs> forever, to though. Like, it, it, it took us fucking forever, but like we fucking did it. We did it. We did it. And Two stay full. tuned for like, this is also going to be the sister episode. We're going to release our episodes together. So when this comes out, if you want to hear the first part of the conversation, it's on my podcast. Yeah. And this is like the follow up. So if you haven't listened to the first part, go to the first part. Go to the first part. We're gonna we're gonna release them together. Don't you worry. Yeah, we're gonna do like a sister. Yeah. 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 It's gonna be a sister cast. A sister Cripster podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Amazing. <laughs> All right, but for real, we're done. Uh, thank you. Thanks <laughs> for being here, and we will <laughs> talk to you very soon. All right. Thank you, Andrew. My love. Bye. Bye. All right, friends, that's another episode of Disability After Dark from me, your disabled daddy, Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow my work, you can follow me on social media on Instagram and Twitter at andrewgerza underscore, or you can follow my website, www.andrewgerza.com, to find out more about what I do. And of course, you can follow us on Patreon to get the show one day early and completely ad-free by going to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark, or you can send us an email to disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com and let us know your ideas for an episode, for a minisode, or for a guest spot. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back to shine a bright light on your disabled stories next time. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was created, recorded, and produced by Cripple & Co. Productions and Andrew Gerza. Any and all use of materials, graphics, audio recordings, etc. cannot be used or distributed without express permission. If you would like to use an episode of the podcast or license an episode of the podcast on your website, Please consider emailing Andrew Gerza and Crippling Co. Productions at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. Copyright 2022.